the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Test one, two. Test one, two. Hi, is this thing on? Uh, hey, folks, welcome. This is uh, this is not Memorex. This is live. Uh, welcome to uh, the Chris Salcedo show today. Uh, technical issues. Uh, this is just not you. You ever, you ever run into those days where you just should have stood in bed? That that's uh, that's me today. Let, let let me just tell you what happened. Uh, I was uh, on an earlier version of the Chris Salcedo show a half an hour before we were going to debut some Facebook living on the um, on the the earlier version of the Salcedo show. The studio in which I was broadcasting from went dead. Uh, some weather moving through the great state of Texas. Half an hour before, bro- so I'd jump in the car and go to a different studio. This, this is, this is not my day to be on the air. Then we come on, right here on onto the blaze, and then I could hear you all just. I could hear all of you out there just fine, but I couldn't. Uh, they couldn't hear me. So this was uh, very interesting. So some some issues with the, maybe it was the electrical storm. And it was a massive electrical storm that rolled through. And it's, it's tis the season, springtime in the Midwest, folks. So anyway, uh, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. And I'm glad you tuned in today. Uh, lots, of course, t- everything is in the world is going on right now. So let's start with, uh, as we typically, well, not typically do, we're going to start changing this up. But today it wasn't on purpose. I, I fully intended to start the show in the first break with a flip around. But uh, we'll do it in the second break today because, well, it just, uh, because of events, it necessitated that we do it this way. All right, uh, to Fox first. Wait a minute. Hold on. Before he clicks, they're going to, you know, this is a problem. Maybe this is why I do this first. (laughs) Because uh, just when we're coming off the second break, everybody's going to, to commercial. So let's go to Fox Business first. People, instead of spending money on material goods, they want to spend money on experiences. And that's why they're coming to our park. So when they do that, they want to spend money on food. They want to spend money on photos. Really just having a, a great time with friends and family. So have you modeled for that? And if so, because again, it's sort of like asking the calorie count for pie in the sky. You don't know yet. But if you've modeled for it, will that get you to a point where you can adjust your forward earnings? Well, I think it's uh, it's a little too early to tell, but uh, again, everything's shaping up uh, great. We've got great momentum with between attendance, uh, our, our spending in the park. People are spending more than they ever have before. That's uh, John Duffy, Six Flags CEO. And the, and, the, and the topic is the very rough outline that was issued for, for tax reform by the Trump administration today. Uh, you know what? We I, I'm going to cut this up because we didn't have time to turn it around before uh, before show, but I, I, it was Gary Cohn and Steve Mnuchin, uh, the, the Secretary of the Treasury, and Gary Cohn is with the Council of Economic Advisors. And so Gary Cohn was detailing for the press the basic outline for you and me, for individuals, for the folks who pay taxes. I'll, I'll, I'm going I'm to get that out there right now as part of the flip around. This was earlier today. It's not happening right now. But since we have the audio and uh, what was going on over at Fox Business, uh, 
dovetails perfectly into this soundbite. We'll go ahead and play it. First, here are a few statistics for you on the individual side. In 1935, we had a one-page tax form consisting of 34 lines with two pages of instructions. Today, the basic 1040 form has 79 lines and 211 pages of instructions. Instead of a single form, the IRS now has 199 tax forms on the individual side of our tax code. Taxpayers spend nearly 7 billion hours complying with these tax codes every year. And nearly 90% of taxpayers need some help in filing their taxes. Not only that, but the 75,000-page tax code is so monstrous and, uh, and full of so much cronyism that there is, and it was all done this way to do special carve-outs for special, well, let's, let's just call it what it is. It is what it is, uh, donors to specific politicians that you and I were uh, left out in the, out in the dark. You and I were left uh, with this massive tax code that we can't, uh, that we can't muddle through unless we pay somebody to make sure that we're giving the least amount possible. And that's, that is the goal, to pay the least amount of taxes possible to a, a federal government that is irresponsible, that has been irresponsible. The federal government continues to spend uh, more than we gift it, more than we give it. Uh, well, let me flip over to uh, MSNBS. These are, these are Democrats weighing in on Trump's first 100 days. I'm sure it's just going to be all glowing. Well, I work on immigration, and it's been a disaster the first hundred days, but what I really fear is that it's going to get worse. You just got to win on sanctuary cities. We've had some wins, and I think one heartening thing for us is that the courts have, have pushed back. And yeah, that's an ACLU attorney talking about uh, victories. When illegal aliens are put ahead of the rule of law, Democrats declare victory. And that's what happened with this, uh, this Obama appointee judge out on the West Coast, who basically said, you can't punish left-wingers for violating the law. They're, they're warm-hearted uh, chuckleheads. They, 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 want, they want to do well for illegal aliens. You can't punish uh, cities that defy federal law. When you're a liberal, you don't get held to account in America. You get to violate the rule of law at will in the United States of America without being held to account. We just had eight years of that of, of resident Obama. So here you have a, a, an Obama appointee codifying that in, through the judiciary. It's, it's, it, it was really quite striking. Uh, that according now, now look, I, I think that we as a society can, can take this and, and run with it. I find Obamacare destructive and uh, uh, mean spirited, and so I using using that, and I, I find it unfair. So I find that law, even though I'm not going to work to overturn it, or I'm not going to work to get a majority of the country on board, I'm just going to ignore it. And you and and I'm going to ask my city, and I'm going to ask my state to ignore it, and you can't punish me for it because this federal judge basically said that it's okay for a city and a state to violate federal law and not get punished for it. Even though there are mechanisms in place that allow the federal government to punish these municipalities and punish these states when they do, uh, that, that goes out the window apparently when it's a left-wing cause. Uh, let's jump over to CNN case, I think we're seeing some inconsistency between what the Justice Department says is federal policy and what the White House says. We've had at least one sanctuary city say, look, you're telling us we have to follow federal immigration policy. Does that mean we can no longer prohibit people from giving information about folks that may be here illegally, or do we have to honor detainers? It sounds like the White House says if you don't honor our detainer request, if you don't keep these folks locked up, we're taking away your money. But that's not what the Justice Department is saying. So I think one thing that needs to be done first and foremost is let's get some clear legal constitutional policy on the books so that these cities know what they're supposed to do and not do. Well, I heard, I talked to the legal eagle 
uh, the Chris Salcedo show, Byron Henry. You guys have heard him before. And he said this judge's ruling was based on the fact that the Obama administration gave these cities money in the last budget and didn't, and didn't make a condition of them getting their money the condition that uh, they comply with federal law, that you would have to specify to these cities that you can't violate federal law else we're going to take away your money. And since, that, since Obama didn't specify that, then uh, Trump, until the next, until the next uh, budget is put through and the next money is that bits of money are allocated, then you can, you can implement those strings. Now, to me, I don't view compliance with a law for cities and states to be something that you, you, you need to reaffirm every single time you allocate money. This didn't pass the smell test with me. And I, I wish I had had more time to talk with our legal eagle, uh, Byron Henry, about this. But the, the, the idea that we'd have to say, uh, uh, excuse me, San Francisco, you're going to have to come. If, if you want to get your money that you're, that you're entitled to, that you think you're entitled to from the federal government, you must not actively and openly violate federal law and assist illegals in, uh, in evading detention or evading deportation illegal alien criminals specifically. And of course I, I point back to this, this case of this judge that allowed an, uh, a drunk driving illegal immigrant felon to escape her courtroom, to escape deportation from ICE showed him an, an alternative exit. But what she is doing, the cities, the sanctuary cities are doing the equivalent of that all over the country. And this federal judge is saying, well, no, you didn't make a condition of compliance with the law, a condition of receiving this money. So in the future, you're going to have to make that a condition. Wait a minute. I thought this was accepted, that, that you must follow the law to get federal money. Maybe, uh, I don't know. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Salcedo Show, Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Donald Trump meeting with um, senators right now about the North Korean crisis and that growing crisis. We'll talk a little bit more about the tax reform today, but wanted to get back to this illegal immigration debate and one of the aspects of it. Joseph Turner is my guest right now. He's the founder and executive director for American Children First. He's a nationalist hardliner on illegal immigration issues and considered one of the foremost visionary and strategic thinkers in this movement. Previously, he founded the California-based anti-illegal immigration group Save Our State in 2004, also authored the Illegal Immigrant Relief Act in 2005, which served as a model blueprint for dozens of cities across the country, Hazleton, Pennsylvania, for example, Farmer's Branch in the state in which I am broadcasting. Uh, believed to have been uh, have rep uh, represented the first ever attempt to use local initiative process to combat illegal immigration here in the United States. Joseph, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, first off, uh, I think I I'm pretty much on uh, on target by identifying this 1982 court case, uh, Plyler versus Doe, where the Supreme Court said, "Hey, you know what? Uh, in, in essence, if anybody is in a jurisdiction." Anybody, not a citizen, but anybody because of the way the wording of the 14th Amendment, that means that they must be able to partake in in government services, including education. And uh, of course, the founders could never have conceived that there'd be a whole bunch of idiots that would allow illegal immigration to the tune of millions upon millions of people. Uh, describe how you see this court case. 
I, I see it as easily being one of the most egregiously aired, uh, faulty, worst decisions in Supreme Court history. I mean, the entire no- notion that the American taxpayer should be on the hook and force their children to have a, a second-rate education because we need to spend billions of dollars educating illegal aliens is just mind-boggling to me. You know, in California, we spend roughly $15 billion a year educating the children of illegal aliens, and we have nearly one in four students who are English learners. Um, I believe that uh, the 1982 plyler Vito decision needs to be revisited, and I believe now is a perfect time to do so with uh, Gorsuch being appointed. And, I, you know, with rumors being that, you know, Kennedy and uh, Ginsburg are next in line to maybe step down, uh, I think uh, now's a great time to return that. No, I agree. And so give me a strategy, because I know that conservative thinkers have been noodling on this ever since this ruling was handed down. And again, I, I, whenever it comes to legal matters, I, I, I've been instructed by those with keener legal minds than mine. To, to describe your limiting principle. I'm always asked to describe the limiting principle when it comes to adjudication or it comes to legislation. And in this case, the Supreme Court articulated no limiting principle. It's every child on the planet must be educated by the American taxpayer. And it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, they did. There was a couple aspects to it that I, that I think uh, need to be revisited. You know, one, one thing that they said in the decision was, the state must show a compelling, substantial interest in order to, de- in order to deny uh, illegal aliens access to education. Uh, in California, I, ca- I can't speak firsthand to Texas, but in California, when you have the governor uh, raising taxes uh, on working-class Californians uh, for $5 billion to fix infrastructure because we neglected it for years and years, and yet we're spending, we're spending $15 billion on education and over $25 billion on illegal aliens in, in the aggregate, um, to me, I think that's a uh, right for a challenge. Now, you know, what happens is we have two options here. We have uh, various uh, court cases that we could pursue, correct? Uh, we can, well, I'm working on an initiative out here in California. I'm hoping that people across the country will hear what I'm doing and that school boards and state legislatures will take steps to challenge uh, or uh, take steps to prohibit illegal aliens from attending public schools so that we can begin challenges across the country in more favorable uh, court jurisdictions. But the other option, too, is back in 1996, you had a, a, a California congressman by the name of Elton Gallagher, and he introduced the Elton Gallagher Amendment, which would have allowed states to uh, deny education to illegal aliens. Now, of course, this requires having a GOP leadership with some backbone, and we know that's solely lacking. Um, so I don't know exactly how, uh, how fruitful this is going to be. But if we could get some member of our Congress to uh, actually take up legislation mimicking the uh, Gallagher Amendment of 1996, we could also undermine the court case that way. Yeah, and, and, and to answer your question about what what our situation out is out here in Texas compared to California, we too have a crazy liberal in our in our house, in the Texas House. His name is Joe Strauss, and this guy is increasing funding, wants to increase funding for education, and he wants to raid our rainy day fund to do it. Uh, and yeah. so that, that, that shows you how nutty this is. Let me tell you who uh, we're talking to, folks. His name is Joseph Turner. He's the founder and executive director for American Children First. Uh, speaking of California, where you're talking to us, uh, there is this, this ruling that came down from this Obama appointee judge in Santa Clara County out there that basically t- said to Donald Trump that you can't punish sanctuary cities if if they violate actively and openly violate federal law. And my question to you is, and maybe you can uh, uh, buoy some of the folks who are interested in the rule of law within the sound of our voice, well, how do we combat lawless judges who have been appointed by extremist liberals onto these courts who don't adhere to the, to limits on their power and their authority and the the separation of powers when when they they hand down these absurd rulings and how do we combat that with the rule of law if they're not going to behave within the rule of law well it's very demoralizing i mean you got to remember i'm a californian so we've been dealing with the courts and elected officials thwarting and overturning the will of the people countless times i mean this is nothing new to for us you know, I think the most important message I'd like to share to your listeners um, is that California is a cancer. Uh, California is a cancer, and the sooner that you guys wall off California and get with the program and realize that we're spreading nothing but the worst of the worst and we're destroying this country, the better off we'll all be. You know, I believe that every um, every state should be actively looking at what California is doing 
and taking preemptive steps to counter what we're doing. You know, the, the entire notion that we have driver's licenses for illegal aliens in California now, I mean, for decades that was considered a ridiculous assertion, right? That that would be impossible. No, no one would ever support that. Well, it's time for the rest of the country to realize that the wacky, crazy commies out in California are not just an island unto themselves and that we are having a pernicious impact on the rest of the country. And the sooner you guys wake up and start taking preemptive actions, whether it's constitutional amendments to your, your state constitutions and taking action in, in your legislatures, um, you need to start acting now. I can't I can't impress yeah. upon you guys that enough. Joseph Turner, he is the founder and executive director for American Children First. Do me a favor, give me the uh, address where folks can get in touch with you and find out more about your organization. Uh, AmericanChildrenFirst.org. They can also find us on Facebook slash American Children First and also uh, email us at info at AmericanChildrenFirst.org. Joseph Turner, thank you very much for being here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate the opportunity. 888 Did you guys catch what he said? California is a cancer. That comes from a California resident, folks. California is a cancer. I, I happen to agree. It is. But that other states have to start passing proactively, passing legislation to guard against the lunacy of California because uh, look at it this way you know this I have how much time do I have I got enough time Tucker Carlson on with a supervisor from Santa Clara County last night on his on his program and Tucker phrased this in a way that I thought was pretty good that that this guy wants to be able to continue to openly and wantonly welcome illegal aliens into California but then expects the rest of the states in my state of Texas or in your state, wherever you happen to be, to continue to send California money to do this crap. To continue to send California the money to openly defy the federal, the federal government and the rule of law because they don't like the law. That they're building their economy, they're building their state with citizens from other countries. All well and good, but don't, don't ask me in my state or others in in our states, to support your illegal activity. And Tucker Carlson went back and forth with this, this leftist who was celebrating the thwarting of the rule of law out there in Santa Clara, California. This is how it went. And there's a precedent being set here by a federal judge that states do not have to comply with federal law and can't be punished for not doing so. That is a major departure from where we've been for my whole lifetime. Do you think that the Obama administration was right to threaten a withholding of federal funds from states that didn't comply with its transgender bathroom laws? That's a uh, orders. That's a really simple question. Uh, I'm telling you that this is the first president of the United States that's threatened with an executive order to with. Yeah, you see, he didn't want to address it. President Obama, with an executive order, threatened states with education money, if especially with, with, with in the schools, if they didn't comply with uh, a directive coming down from on high. And I don't remember this Santa Clara supervisor or anybody on the left coast uh, threatening to sue. Telling you that this is the first president of the United States that's threatened with an executive order to withhold, um, in our case, up to $1.7 billion from us. It's unconstitutional for him to try to wield that kind of power. No, it isn't. It isn't unconstitutional. It is a mechanism by which the federal government is able to enforce the supremacy clause. The Supremacy Clause in the Constitution says that federal law trumps state and city laws. So you can't pass a law that, that conflicts with federal law, as many of these sanctuary cities have passed these policies that conflict directly with federal immigration law. The federal court agreed with us today. Th that's not um, true. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States, it is true. It's Read not it. true. The Obama true. administration the threatened to withhold States. funds from Indiana for messing with Planned Parenthood funding. The Carter administration threatened well, to withhold federal about, funds uh, for people who didn't obey the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. This has been going on a long time, and you're saying that because you don't like a law, you don't have to comply with it, but every other taxpayer in America still has to send you money. Yeah. Uh, more of this, the other side of the break. Tucker Carlson hit it right on the head, folks. And This is, this is why we should never elect another Democrat. Because these people put anti-constitutional, anti-rule-of-law leftists on the court 
who go out of there. You know what? You know what this, I'll, I'll, I'll dig up his name here in a minute. I find him utterly forgettable. Um, Oric, Judge William Oric III. This guy cited Donald Trump's rhetoric on the campaign trail, didn't reference an executive order, didn't reference the rule of law, cited Donald Trump's rhetoric in, in coming down with his ruling. And that's what they did with the temporary travel ban from six countries, too. Didn't cite the statute, didn't cite the, the executive order itself, cited Don, the fact that they hated Donald Trump. That's what, in essence, that's what they cited. That they disagreed with his rhetoric on the campaign trail. This is this is banana republic crap. And that's what this 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 judge, Oric, Judge William Oric, an Obama appointee, has in effect done. It undermines the rule of law. It basically says that if you're a liberal, you get special consideration, you get special treatment than than conservatives in the United States. Back in a minute. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. So wh- where does this come from? This is a brand it, new thing. At least acknowledge it, that. It doesn't matter what I say. The federal <laughs> courts today uh, acted. Um, they said what we already knew and what you should know is that the Constitution, the Constitution of the United States is the law of the land. Right. It is, it is the law of the land. And the Supremacy Clause says that your municipality, S- Santa Clara, cannot violate the federal law. And there are mechanisms in which you can be punished if you do. And many of these sanctuary cities are violating federal law by aiding and abetting illegal aliens, criminal illegal aliens, to to avoid deportation, righteous deportation. It's one thing to come in here into the country illegally. It's quite another thing to come into the country illegally and then commit felonies. And those people need to go. Instead, you have these sanctuary cities who are letting out felons back out on the streets and saying, what? What? Oh, I, I don't have to hold these people for you. I, we gave them a court date. We gave them a court date. I can't legally hold them. They could. But they're not doing it. Because for these sanctuary cities, it's more important to let these illegal alien felons back out on the streets so they can remain here in the country than to allow a victory for Trump, a victory for the citizens of this country. It's it's the Democrat, the liberals, foreigners' first policy, folks, right here on full display. It's paramount. Um, whatever you're talking you're about in terms of along. federal codes no, or you, agency you, you, rules. I'm not talking about federal uh, that, codes or agencies. I'm talking about federal laws. And when you ignore them, does the federal government have a right to punish you? And you're saying no. So what you're saying is basically California is its own country now. And if that's where the way you want to go, good luck defending your borders, I guess, is, would be my point. California is leading the country in the right direction because yeah, we're honoring okay. the Constitution of the United States. And there's a whole bunch of people across the country that believe that, that are following our lead. All right. uh, we're happy to be in the lead. We're fortunate to have won this case today. Well, California's leading all right, leading the country, as, as our previous guest said, right down the toilet. Right down the toilet. They want to build their society up with a, with a bunch of illegals uh, who don't respect the rule of law and uh, expect the rest of the country to finance it, I'm sorry. No. No. Not one more dime to California. And you know what? Trump had better. You know, you, you know the travel ban, folks? The temporary travel ban? That kind of dropped by the wayside, didn't it? So my advice to the Trump administration, take it to the Supreme Court, the travel ban. Take this to the Supreme Court. Because you've got to affirm that these renegade states cannot, cannot extort money from the rest of the states when they violate federal law. Do it on their own. That's great. California, you want to shoot yourselves in the foot? I am perfectly willing to let you do it, but don't ask me to buy your ammunition. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network.
prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. We are going to cut taxes and simplify the tax code by taking the current seven tax brackets we have today and reducing them to only three brackets. A 10% bracket, a 25% bracket, and a 35% bracket. We're going to double the standard deduction so that a married couple won't pay any taxes on the first $24,000 of income they earn. So in essence, we are creating a zero tax rate. Yes, a zero tax rate for the first $24,000 that a couple earns. Guys get that? Okay, so that's um, Mr. Cohn speaking earlier today, Gary Cohn, part of the uh, team of economic advisors on uh, Team Trump. So uh, we we go from this convoluted seven bracket down to a, a simplified three bracket. I, you guys know I'm not a big fan of the income tax anyway. I don't believe in punishing uh, positive economic activity, which earning income is positive economic activity. But if you're going to have to stick with the income tax, which I don't believe we should, this country hasn't always had an income tax. I believe in a, cons- a consumption tax because it gives you and I power. Instead, when you have an income tax, you have the power resting up in Washington, D.C., and they're just sitting up there deciding how much to take away from you. And you say, well, on a consumption tax, Chris, I mean, couldn't they do the same thing? Can they put high sales tax? Yeah, they could. But then you would have the choice as to whether or not to buy that particular product. If you can't afford it, you're not going to buy it. So you don't pay the tax. And of course, food would be exempted. Everything else would have a, a sales tax or a... Con- a consumption tax placed on it. This, this idea that it's government's job to tell us, hey, we need, uh, we need to spend all this money, so you need to give us more, that's a, a rather dictatorial way of looking at this relationship between citizen and government. Um, they have it in China. They have it in Cuba. They have it in Venezuela. We, we shouldn't have it here in the United States. There should be a relationship that exists here between our people and our government where we will give you X amount of dollars and you shall, I'm going to make the, use legislative language there, you shall not spend more than that. You shall not do that. So with all of that, that's the way it should be. It hasn't been that way for many, many moons. But I just, uh, I thought, whenever I talk to folks about taxes and the relationship between government and and the taxing authorities, I wanted to to, to reintroduce that concept to you because we've been doing it wrong for decades. Oh, by the way, let me switch over to Fox News really quickly. Uh, Jim Jordan is talking. Hold on a second. Agreement that seems to give more control to the states. Does it mean that you would support a health care measure now if it were yep. to come up for a vote or what? Yeah, sure would, Neil. Uh, look, if the amendment goes in as drafted, uh, I'm going to support it. More importantly, the Freedom Caucus has taken an official position, which means the vast, vast majority of our members are going to support it as well. I was going to get to that this hour anyway. There is movement on the repeal and replacement of Obamacare. The statement that comes from the Freedom Caucus is this. Even though the new agreed-upon language uh, still leaves elements of Obamacare in place, and they, they openly admit it now, we still think this is a great way forward to fulfilling our promise to reduce health care costs. So it seems the Freedom Caucus now has surrendered to this idea that, hey, we need an entitlement here. We need government to intervene here. So now you have the Freedom Caucus who is saying, yeah, yeah, we're going to um, we're going to sign on to this repeal and replace effort. Now, the Tuesday group, these are the moderate Republicans who for all intents and purposes, our, our Democrats save few, a few issues. Uh, they're saying, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. now you're losing us. 
Now you're losing us. So my feeling on this is, oh, okay, come to me when you all come to an agreement. Because now we're getting all of this, all of this uh, fabricated news. Oh, 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 the Freedom Caucus, they're on board now. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, well, now somebody else isn't on board. When you have an agreement, then step out in front of the cameras. Now, just because the Freedom Caucus says, okay, we can deal, we can live with this, I haven't heard from the Tuesday group. And if the Tuesday group says, you know, our membership isn't on board, well, then what have we gained? We're still stuck with Obamacare. So anyway, that's that's where that sits. Uh, Back to taxes, if I can, for a moment. Uh, This is, uh, again, Gary Cohn uh, detailing what the president's vision, I have to stress, this is only an opening bid, people. This is only only an opening bid for uh, potential taxation in this country. It's it's what what comes out of that Congress is not going to look a thing like what has been put in by the White House. I think there will be some some insist we insist this stays in the rest of it's negotiable. Like for example, you're going to you guys heard the the three tax brackets that will be created. What was it? 10, 25, and 35. 10, 25, and 35. What they didn't include is, well, how much money you got to make to be in those brackets. That's all, that's all negotiable. What if, what if the 10% tax rate is uh, on those, you know, maybe 50 grand? A year combined, man, uh, married. Now the first twenty-four grand of that would be tax-free. You heard Gary Cohn say, so you'd only be taxed at the ten percent rate for the additional twenty-six thousand between you and your wife or you and your husband. Okay, I know I'm gonna, I'm kind of getting into the weeds here, but all of that. But th- th- I'm just throwing a number out there because none of this has been negotiated. So the devil, especially when it comes to tax reform and this 75,000-page monstrosity, which really is an insult to the American people, the 75,000-page tax code is, um, I, I, I think about it, and I can never come up with a, with a sufficient enough adjective to describe just how moronic, how idiotic how corrupt how crooked how spiteful how i mean just just throw some adjectives at me uh how debate how debased it is it is it is really just an example of the worst of humanity the 75,000 page tax code is an example of sellouts is an example of corruption is an example of betrayal. It, it, that, that's what everything that you see from that 75,000 page tax code, the, everything I'm describing is what it is. And it's a gift. It's a curse to the country from those uh, 535 individuals plus rotating occupiers of the Oval Office. Sometimes we get presidents. And all they are are carve-outs and special interests that have nothing to do with your or my life. Muddied interests that finance the political campaigns of these elected leaders. And again, that's why I say it's an example of betrayal. Because when the tax code is like that is foisted upon us, it, it wasn't for our benefit. It's for their benefit up on Capitol Hill. So that's my way of saying, oh, yes, it needs to go away. If, if Washington, D.C. is going to pretend that we the people matter, it has to go away. Just matter what's going to be replaced with. That's going to be 
the key question. The larger standard deduction also leads to simplification because far fewer taxpayers will need to itemize, which means their tax form can go back, yes, to that one simple page that I talked about earlier. Families in this country will also benefit from tax relief to help them with child and dependent care expenses. We are going to repeal the alternative minimum tax. The AMT creates significant complications and burdens which require taxpayers to do their taxes twice to see which is higher. Yeah, uh, AMT, alternative minimum tax, was a left-wing idea. Again, another. Uh, this is an example of betrayal. This is this the AMT they passed to make sure the rich were paying their fair share. So um, if after the deductions a business or somebody who was wealthy found out that they were paying below a certain dollar figure. Well, you'd have to be at, at, there's an alternative minimum tax above a certain tax bracket or above a certain level of taxation. So let's just say that I, I can't remember exactly what the, the number is. Say you got to pay $25,000 in taxes. If you're in a particular income bracket and it doesn't matter how many deductions or whatever you have, I'm just I'm, I'm throwing that out there as an example. I think I'm sure it's much more expensive. The problem is the geniuses that impose that on the country, they didn't index it for inflation. So the AMT started roping more and more and more people in the middle class, ended up harming the middle class. Now you would think that that was just because, you know, lawmakers are stupid and they're idiotic and they don't and they, they just made a mistake in their effort to punish rich people, which is what liberals do. They want to punish rich people. Uh, they they neglected to see how their laws would hurt the middle class. That's not what happened. They knew that ultimately it would start roping in the middle class and bringing in more of the private sector into the federal control and that they would get their hands, their grubby hands on your money. They knew it and they let it happen and they let it go. I'll be back in a minute. Broadcasting with Latin flair. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome everybody. Uh, just wrapping up moments ago, this meeting between the White House and the United States Senate, it looks like uh, Fox bumped into John McCain, who's been uh, nipping at President Trump's heels since he's got into the Oval Office, but seems to have warmed lately to the president because he has taken some pretty decisive action to, to beat back tyrants and thugs on the national stage, something that we haven't seen in eight years in this world, a, an America that's actually leading. Uh, they talked to McCain about, about this ahead of this briefing. And again, I just want to remind you, the briefing has wrapped up, but this is what McCain was saying going into it. Now, what they'll think, what they need to think is that uh, the Chinese will stop their economy in every way unless they stop this progress towards uh, acquisition of a nuclear weapon and a means to deliver. The question was, hey, what should the Kim Jong-un think about all this? Seeing every leader in the Senate convening over at the White House, what should they think? And that was his response. China is the key to this. And are you expecting President Trump to try to get all 100 on board today with some sort of military action when he drops by? That's not the purpose of this briefing. The purpose of this briefing is to tell us the situation and the intelligence we have and what the options that we have. All right. So that's um, a little bit of what we, we are not hearing yet any feedback from any of these senators from what they learned. Uh let me pivot back. I, I, folks, I know that everything's fi- flying at us fast and furiously today. So let me pivot back to, uh, to taxes. One of the, 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 the mantras you're going to be hearing from the libs is that um, the United States is going to take down the, 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 the top tax rate for, for businesses, for the corporate tax rate, from 35% down to 15 It's what Trump wants from 35 to 35% to 15 and that of course is what benefits um, the rich and that and thus it can't be because if the rich it, 
are benefited in any way, then nothing is worth doing. So you and I must continue to endure the pain. You know what? And one of the one of the the early criticisms is: Will this help Trump? Well, will this help? Well, if it helps Trump, we can't do it. I'm thinking to myself: Wait a minute. Is this how? Is this how petty these Democrats are? That a tax plan might help Donald Trump. Thus, thus. If it helps Donald Trump, then we can't help any of you. Or what? We must exempt Donald Trump from being helped in any way because he happens to be a a businessman. And he could, if he were running his businesses, be aided in some way or his businesses could be aided in some way. That makes absolutely no sense. By the way, I heard something today and and I haven't been able to find an article on it yet. But I heard something today that on the Obamacare issue that who was who's and actually it was Tabitha just tweeting me Congress is still exempting themselves and staff from the new HC law. Okay, that's the this is what I heard. They want to make. Some elements of Obamacare optional. They that this new deal makes allows the states to say, "Look, we're not you know we we can't afford to cover pre existing conditions, so we're not going to do it." But if the if the senator or the congressman comes from that state that, that that makes that decision, they and their staff they're exempted. They'll still get they'll still get pre-existing conditions covered just for Congress. Do you think that's right? Do you think that's okay? I don't. I don't. It was one of the big problems I had with Obamacare is that it exempted from pain elected leaders and their staff because it allowed them to have a stipend I think it was to the tune of it was just shy of twelve grand a year, a thousand dollars extra a month to help defray the cost. Did you and I get that? No, only the special people in Congress did. How how can they look us in the eye and say that they're they're doing our business, the people's business, when they pass laws that they themselves are exempt from feeling the pain? Um, I, I don't quite understand that. I don't quite get that. Uh, and, and I don't know, I, I, and the only thing I can, I can imagine is that they, they figure I'm going to get reelected anyway. They figure, uh, you know what? L- look at the reelection rate of incumbents. Chances are I'm not going to be held accountable for this vote. Chances are that people don't care. They're not paying attention. So why not? Why not cash in? Why not? I deserve it. You would imagine this is what some of them are thinking up there. Uh, I just, I find it detestable. You know, I was asked recently, Salcedo, you ever considered running for office? I said, yeah, I did it one time. And Mrs. Salcedo said, oh, you'd never survive. You, you never survive. You, 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 don't, you don't play the game. You don't, you're, you're not on board with this. You, you know you're up there to do a job and it's for, the, it's for the people. You're not up there to do a job on the people, which is what I'm afraid so many of these people, in particular the Democrat Party, are up there doing. They're up there to do a job on the people and to elevate themselves. And that's why we get Obamacare. That's why we get all of these nonsensical laws that benefit their cronies and themselves. And all the rest of us are just left with one thing. The tab. The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I did not run for office to be helping out a bunch of uh, you know, fat cat bankers on Wall Street. Bankers and executives on Wall Street need to realize that enriching themselves on the taxpayer's dime is inexcusable. We can't go back to a culture on Wall Street that says it's okay to bend or break the rules. Those on Wall Street cannot resume taking risks without regard for consequences. That was President Obama and his, well, let's just say, eight-year assault on those who made money in the United States. We know how much of a, uh, an anti-prosperity uh, nut job President Obama was. Now, <laughs> you're not going to believe this, but President Obama is being called a massive hypocrite today. From Fox, former President Barack Obama reportedly agreed to give a lucrative speech to Wall Street, the firm Cantor Fitzgerald LP. Now, remember, you just heard President Obama just blasting away at those who are on Wall Street, the fat cats. Well, when the fat cats want to pay you some good dough, you want to know how much you want to know how much money Barack Obama's going to get for a speech? Just go ahead. The, now, remember, President Obama, man of the people, hates Wall Street, but he'll take their money. 400000 dollars. One speech. Um, how many of you in the sound of my voice, how many years would it take at your current income level? to make what Barack Obama makes in one night of speech from what, what did he say about wall street? He, he, he had some select words to say about those people at wall street, helping out a bunch of, uh, you know, fat cat bankers on wall street. Yeah. Fat cat bankers. But I'm, he's, he's, he's cool taking their cash. $400,000. Man of the people, resident Obama folks. There he is. And that, of course, the basket of biased press won't report any of this because uh, he's dear leader. This, he's, he's supposed to make all the money. It's all you little people who are supposed to scrape by and scrap. And uh, you're supposed to uh, do without. But never Barack Obama, never the leftists, never dear leaders. No, 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 no. That's not the liberal way. Fox News Channel was interviewing a, uh, a young lady today, uh, Kristen Tate. She's the author of Government Gone Wild. And she had, uh, well, she had a reaction to knowing that Mr. Obama was going to give a speech to Cantor Fitzgerald LP, a Wall Street firm. Here was a reaction. Right. Well, first of all, I'm just wondering what Obama could possibly say during a one-hour speech that would be worth $400,000. But yes, this is the height of hypocrisy. Obama called Wall Street bankers fat cats while he was campaigning because it was politically advantageous. Now he's turned around and he's taking $400,000 from those same bankers because it's financially advantageous. Advantageous. It's all about personal gain for Obama. Well, that's, and, and again, that's why ABC, NBC, CBS, they won't report on it because in their mind, it, since this guy came onto the, the national stage, it's, all, it's been about, all about Obama, not about you and your family. Not about how you're doing, how you're getting by, your prosperity. It's been about Obama's prosperity. How will Barack Obama's policies help Obama? How will, how will Barack Obama's rhetoric help Obama? How will Barack Obama's, whatever, whatever he did over his occupation of the Oval Office, how will it help Obama? Fast forward to the, the tax discussion we've been having a little bit today. And what, what is the press focusing on? Well, well, will, this, will this tax break benefit at all, Donald Trump? Will it benefit him at all? Because if it does, it sucks. It's it, not even worth doing. You see the double standard? It's right there. I also like what Kristen had to say. 
what could he possibly say to these people? I mean, if he if he continues more of this line that he had on the campaign trail, you're all a bunch of fat cats. You're all, you, you all hate the country. You're you're not paying your fair share. Who who would pay four hundred thousand dollars to hear that garbage for an hour and a half? <laughs> you all, I mean, hell, I'd I'd go to Cantor and Fitzgerald and tell them they all suck for for fifty thousand. How about you, Ellie? Would you do it? Would you do it fifty thousand? Yes, I do it. I do it twenty five grand. Twenty five grand. Hey, Cantor Fitzgerald LP. Why don't you all call me? I'll come over and tell you how much of how how much I think you guys suck and you don't pay your fair share and you're no worse than scum on my boot. I mean, I'll do it. I'll save you tons of money. I don't even feel that way about you guys. You know, I unless. Barack Obama wasn't being truthful to us on the campaign trail. No, that that couldn't no perish the thought. That no, that that's not right. That couldn't no. There was a fascinating discussion. If I can I'm just I know I'm bouncing all over the place to, today, folks. It's just the nature of today. A lot there's a lot flying flying at us. Fascinating discussion yesterday between Brett Baer and and James Rosen, uh, two of my favorites over at Fox, real journalists, actually. And they were discussing how resident Obama, how badly he had betrayed America with the Iran nuke deal. And I wanted to parse through this because it was, there was some stuff I learned that I didn't know before. Listen. You covered this story about the dissident group that had new information, they said, about from satellite photos in right. Iran, about uh, efforts at a military facility in Iran. You saw the Politico piece. We now, wait a minute. First off, these efforts in Iran and Parchin, we told you guys about this yesterday, that there, that there are reports out there that Iran is doing what it was supposed to do underneath this agreement and is putting their nuclear weapons program in high gear because they know there will be no check on them. They're, they're just going to push it right up to the very edge of compliance. And then as soon as the 10 years is up, then they're going to they're go nuclear, which is the plan that President Obama had uh, all along. The Politico report that Brett is referencing was uh, that well, but Politico came out yesterday and, and found out certain individuals. Well, let me, let me, I think Brett explains it better than I could. We've seen more anecdotal evidence that the Iranians are not living up to the deal. What do you think Trump administration policy will be? Well, right now they've got actually not just one, but two different reviews underway with different timetables. One is focused squarely on the JCPOA, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. That is the actual nuclear deal. Uh, that is expected to be wrapped up within 90 days uh, because within 90 days, Secretary Tillerson is going to face another decision about whether he wants to certify once again that Iran's living up to the terms of the JCPOA. Then there's a, a wholly separate review underway right now about all the other facets of Iranian behavior that are troubling to the U.S. The now, now, and, and, that's, and that's what the political piece kind of jumped into. Was there a whole bunch of side deals? Remember, we, we heard about some of these, but we didn't get a lot of specifics. There are things that President Obama and John Kerry hid from you and me. And it's detailed in this, in this political piece called Obama's Hidden Iranian Giveaway. He, President Obama bent over backwards and bent us over forwards to accommodate and to get this deal. He let, he let people go who were charged with, with terrorism against the United States. Major arms targets. The administration infuriated uh, folks. And, and this is hard to do inside the Justice Department. Undermined uh, counter-proliferation of weaponry Tasks for task forces in the United States because he was so desirous to get this deal, he undermined national security to get it and let a whole bunch of bad people go. There are 14 people that we, you and I didn't know about who were let go to please the Iranians. Again, 
Barack Obama bent over backwards and he bent the United States over forwards to do this. Ballistic missiles, uh, the support for terrorist groups, the interventions in Syria and Yemen and so forth. Uh, there is no timetable on that review. Bottom line uh, is that from both of these reviews, we can expect the Trump administration is going to get tougher. What they really want is a change in behavior from the Iranian regime. And they see getting tougher as the most direct avenue to that goal. So the Obama administration decoupled those two things, the nuclear part and the and everything else. Everything else. Right. You guys understand what they mean by they're talking about this? What Barack Obama said when he was doing this Iranian nuclear deal, he just looked at the Iranians. Will you comply with the deal? The deal, the deal, the deal. But yeah, they're terrorists. Yeah, but I don't care. The deal, the deal, the deal. Yeah, they're financing. They're financing radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists to kill Americans and our allies. Yeah, but I don't care. That's what it means by decoupling. Decoupling Iran's behavior as the number one state sponsor of terror to do this deal. They, it was like it didn't exist, according to resident Obama. He ignored everything that Iran is and was which is the number one state sponsor of terror to do this deal, to basically gift them nuclear weapons at the end of a decade. The threat to the region, basically. Uh, the Trump administration is fusing them back together and, and what, calling for new sanctions as a result? It was what Gwyneth Paltrow would call a conscious uncoupling. I don't get that. Uh, <laughs> and now, yes, the, the Trump administration is no longer inclined to see these as disparate issues. Uh, one thing a, a senior uh, administration official told me just a short while ago was that uh, the Obama administration had an incentive because they were so committed to getting this deal done to excuse away a lot of that behavior. Those days, I'm told, are over, uh, and, and there's going to be a tougher line drawn on ballistic missile tests um, and, and support for terrorism and so forth. What they can actually do about it is tough to see right now because Iran is a regional power. I mean, you covered some of the inner workings during that Obama negotiation uh, from a State Department point of view, administration point of view. It, pretty struck by how far they went to get that across the finish line. Oh yeah, things that were explicitly left out of the terms of the nuclear deal, such as access to the dollar for transactions for Iran, were then basically, after the deal was finalized, agreed to anyway. And we saw Secretary of State John Kerry traveling throughout Europe, in essence drumming up business for the Iranian regime with European companies and so forth, who've been a little reluctant to really dive back into Iran. You, so let me, let me just break that all down. De part of the deal that was left out was 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 leaving out as part of the deal uh, access to the American dollar so they can utilize the banking system to move their assets around. That was not in the original deal, but Barack Obama afterward put it back in to make life easier on the number one state sponsor of terror. And then John Kerry ends up being the Ayatollah Khomeini's boy traveling all over Europe to convince Europe to do business with the Iranians, the number one state sponsor of terror, a declared enemy of the United States of America. And this is what happens when you hire Democrats for the highest position in the land. They sell out your country to a radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorist regime. We've got to stop doing that. Back in a minute. Telling the truth. It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo. The Blaze Radio Network. Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Senator McConnell wanted me to negotiate the wall with President Trump. I said to him two things. First, it's not a negotiation, no wall. And second, I said, only you can persuade him that he shouldn't uh, do the wall because it'll cause a government shutdown. Chuck Schumer confirming Democrats don't negotiate. That's it. That th these people aren't good arbiters. This is this is why we can't elect them to Congress anymore, folks. Democrats don't negotiate. It's either they their way or they burn the place down. Uh, there was a poll out there that I didn't get a chance to, to talk to you guys much about. It was an ABC poll that said that if the election were held today, Donald Trump would still win, and not only win 
the electoral college, but he would also win the popular vote over Hillary Clinton. It was the the, the left wingers, of course, they didn't they didn't stress that part of the poll. There were some negatives in there for Trump too, and they stressed on the negatives. But the takeaway for me, anyway, from that poll is that the Democrats have as as bad as they think Trump is. Democrats have nothing else. Guy Benson was on Fox. He's with townhall.com. He reacted to this poll. Yeah, to people marching in the streets. You see it all over social media. You would get a sense from the coverage that there is massive, widespread buyer's remorse with President Trump. And this poll suggests that that's just not the case. In fact, Trump, if we did a redo today, would win by a larger margin over Hillary Clinton. So, look, the Russia stuff is interesting. It ought to be investigated. There's the Comey discussion that's come up yet again. A lot of liberals pointing to him and blaming him. I think what we're seeing now is even with a very controversial president whose numbers in that poll internally not very good would still defeat mrs clinton maybe she was just a really lousy candidate and people still recognize that maybe maybe she was a real lousy candidate no i think well not only was she a lousy candidate but her party sucks there is there is nothing good about look what they stand for today illegal immigration illegal aliens hey remember everybody society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Thursday, tomorrow. Hopefully we'll be back here to start off the show. <laughs> See you then. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.